0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for September twenty second, two 2013. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. The message is by Father Ron Baird. This morning's Gospel lesson, we have the parable of the unjust steward. Makes him sound a lot better than he really was, doesn't it? Somehow it's an odd sort of parable in one sense in that it's sort of told from a facetious point of view. Um, People who don't understand that Jesus has a sense of humor really can't get this at all because the guy basically is being fired because he squandered his master's wealth. I mean, he, he, he was supposed to invest his money and do good things with it. Instead, what he did was he lost all of it. And so he goes out then, and get some of the the people that he'd done business with and start saying, hey, I'm going to cut your bill for you because I'm, I'm being fired here and, and I'm going to need some help after I get on out you know, because I don't, I'm not going to have a job or anything. So he says, just, just cut it in half, just cut it in half. And then it says that the, the owner, the master, commends him for it. Now, if you look at that just as literal, then you would have to say, let's see, the guy squandered his master's wealth, then he squandered some more of it, and then the master commended him for doing such a good job. That would be odd, wouldn't it? <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense at all. But what we have to see is what Jesus is doing, is talking about the way that, that people in the world tend to work. You know, Because we're very wise and shrewd when it comes to taking care of ourselves. <clears throat> Even if we don't do it well, we somehow or other find coping mechanisms, way to get by. You know, it's, it's that old adage that necessity is the mother of invention. I mean when you have to have something and you figure out what to do and when you don't really need it that much you don't work that hard at it i mean it's just a human norm and so what jesus is trying to say is that you aren't going to be able to serve god and the ways of the world at the same time now one of the unfortunate things about the translation today is that it, it says um, at the end jesus says you cannot serve god and wealth well that's not really what that says <laughs> the word is not wealth um it's, it's a different word entirely. The word is mammon. Remember that word, mammon? Um, it was used in King James version all the time, but people don't generally use mammon very much. We don't really like the word very much because it's not easily translated into English. As a matter of fact, it's an Aramaic word that has been transliterated into Greek, that has been translated into English. So you can imagine how I'm confusing that gets. So we have to ask ourselves, well then what is this mammon? That we can't serve mammon and God at the same time. Well mammon is a demon actually. And, and there's a proverb that really gets to the heart of this gospel lesson today, that really tells us, see if you can remember this. What is the root of all evil? It's interesting, some people got right, some people got wrong. Love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not evil, money's a thing. <laughs> It's, it's 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 just a thing. It's not evil. It's not good. Not bad. It's just there. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil, and that's what Jesus is trying to say. Because that's really what Mammon is as a demon. He drives people to lust after money, and you know, to be able to to succeed by having the most, or to provide for their own security, or to make sure that their family is okay. And, and it is a temptation in our world because so much is driven by wealth. But there are many wealthy people who don't love the money. And in fact, we really should be glad there are wealthy people because if there were no wealthy people, then probably none of us would work because I don't know who would pay us <laughs> because somebody has to do it. And so we have to begin to realize it's the love of money that is the root of evil. And mammon is is a demon who... It instills this greed, this avarice, this desire to become secure, successful, powerful, um, famous, wanted, all of those kinds of things that go with it, um, in, through, and by the means of material possessions. And what Jesus is trying to tell us and the crowd at that point is that you're not going to be able to serve both of those. Now, why do you suppose you can't serve God and mammon at the same time? apart from the fact that he's a demon. You'd have a problem, wouldn't you? I mean, does God really care about money? You ever gotten a check from God, it you know, on the bank of heaven? They don't exist. <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah. Some people think that. As a matter of fact, the Puritans did believe that wealth, the accumulation of wealth was a sign of God's favor upon you, whereas if you didn't have wealth, you obviously weren't in God's favor. I don't know how they ever explained Jesus or St. Francis of Assisi in that, but somehow or other they got there. But it's not money that's the problem. It's what we do with it. It's how we treat it. Because money does become something that is, is seductive. It becomes something that we believe is, you know, begin to think that we need, that we have to have. When in reality, what Jesus says here is that the unjust steward, he, he who the master commends, by the way, if you notice, he didn't say he gave him his job back, but um, who the master commands, he, he commends for being unjust even more so. What he says for you, therefore, you go and do likewise. You make all the friends and high places you want. You know, you you butter up to those bigwigs and get all the money you can get out of them and do just as well as you can, and then let them welcome you into their eternal home. Of course, they don't have one, do they? And so as a result, we end up investing ourselves in something that will ultimately kill us. And it's odd, because we do it for the opposite reason. We do it to provide ourselves security. So what is the appropriate approach to money then? The appropriate approach to money is the same as the appropriate approach to anything that God gives us. If God gives us wealth, we're supposed to be good stewards of it because he gave it to us. If God gave us a family, we're supposed to be good stewards of it. If God gave us a, a vocation or a calling, we're supposed to be good stewards of that. God gave us a planet, we're supposed to be good stewards of it. We're supposed to take care of all the things that are under our dominion on behalf of God And when we begin to see money as a tool, as a resource to be able to help do the things that God wants to have done as opposed to an end in and of itself then we don't have to worry about it becoming mammon. Because we realize that it may all be here now you know, we may be doing very well now but it could all be gone tomorrow. That's one of the things I've always found interesting about it is that Do you realize that if there was a nuclear war, that your money would be worthless? That's if you survive it. Because where would you spend it? It would destroy the infrastructure. I mean, we would not even laugh. So somehow or other, we end up believing that that becomes important. And we've seen it happen in history. It's not something new. When the Roman Empire in the West fell, money, currency from Rome, became less and less important because you didn't get to the eastern part of the empire to spit You know, if, if you were starving to death and somebody said, I tell you what, I've got ten gold coins here and I've got a chicken, which one would you rather have? I'll take the chicken, yeah. You can't eat the coin, can you? Well, what good is that going to do you? And, and so love of money is that pursuit of it as an end and of itself. An appropriate stewardly approach to money is to see it as a tool, a resource that God gives us to reach out to others. That's really the reason why God gave us tithing as an example, by the way. Tithing is not meant to be done for fundraising. You know, it's not meant to be done to determine whether or not you're good enough to get into heaven. It really is a way for us to measure ourselves to see how tied into my money and my wealth am I? How devoted am I to it? Am I willing to give up the first fruits, the first 10%? Now, I suppose he could have said the first 1%, but that would have been pretty easy for most of us. You know, we'd be more happy to do that. And so he set 10. because 10's a big chunk. I mean, well, that's a lot. And if you give away 10%, you notice it. And what's even more so interesting about it is a lot of people think that the tithe is the goal, you know it's the maximum amount of giving. That's actually not true. It's, it's supposed to be the minimum standard. Because the real goal is to not need any of it. To only need God. And it becomes easy in our world to say, well, nobody can really do that. I mean it's impossible. Except let's see, Mother Teresa did that, didn't she? Oh yeah, Saint Francis did that. Think of Jesus did that too, and all the apostles. It is possible to do it. It's not possible to do it and live a nice lifestyle. And yet, on the other hand, you have to look at Paul. Paul writes, it's interesting, if you read the book of Acts sometime, just go through there and look through the book of Acts and see how many times that you see that Paul converted a whole bunch of women in a town and many wealthy women. Which kind of fascinating. I mean, he must have had a charm with the ladies or something. <laughs> and many wealthy women um, would come to Christ because of Paul which is an amazing sort of thing. And he didn't seem to condemn them for it. matter of fact, all he did was say, to those who have been given much, much is expected. And it's true not only in money, but it's true in our talent, in our time, in our abilities, in everything that we are. Because ultimately, we have to choose which master are we going to serve? Are we going to serve the master of this world which says, I need to survive, I need to make it, I need to be a success? Are we going to serve God? Do we say, "I am totally dependent upon you, and everything I have is yours already"? So whatever you give me, you give me for for me to use on your behalf, and I need to do that wisely. Ultimately, that's really the choice for us: is who is it that we are going to serve? Are we going to serve God, or are we going to serve the world? And Jesus. It's being somewhat facetious here, but it's also true. We can choose either one. We can choose to serve the world and then ultimately reap its reward. You know what reward the world gives you? A place to spread your ashes or body, depending on what you thought. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else, is there? As a matter of fact... Did you ever think about the fact 2,000 years from now, nobody will even know who you are, were, that you ever existed? I mean, there'll be some people, people know who exist. We know some people live, who lived 2,000 years ago, but not very many of all the people who lived. The world doesn't care about that. The world cares about itself and what it can gain. That's why the dishonored steward did so well by cutting everybody's bill. So he was making friends in high places. But when we serve God first... When we put him first, not even death can take away the crown of righteousness that's going to be given to us. And so in this parable of the unjust steward, he's neither saying it's okay to be, you know, crooked in your dealing, business dealings, nor is he saying that, um, that we shouldn't have money. What he's really saying is that you have to, in your mind, prioritize things. What is first for you? Who is first for you? what is the most important thing about your existence? And then invest in those things. Jesus said it more plainly in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Oftentimes we put that in reverse. First we seek all the things we want, and then we'll go get the righteousness of God. And yet the truth is, honestly, It is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Not because God doesn't like rich people, but because wealth is seductive. It can convince us that we need it, just like any other addiction. And it's only when we put God first in that priority list, when we put God as the head of everything that we are and everything that we have, that we can keep straight which master it is that we're serving. And so, money's great. Just don't fall in love with it. Amen. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.